Welcome to the Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our next episode. We are super excited because we're um, starting a brand new topic and it's going to be oncology as promised. No. Um, I mean, yes. Yay, no. Yay. It's, all, it's all a bit scary. Yes. But we are so excited because it's, it's a really interesting area and it does really test your knowledge in pathology, knowledge in histology, knowledge in anatomical... Genetics red, as well. Genetics, everything. It like encompasses everything. So, it's really interesting yes. but very full on. Mm-hmm. So, our talk... We're not going to jump right into oncology, right? We're not mm. going to scare everyone. We're going to do an introduction because there's a lot of unique terms that you need to know and, and a few important genes that you need to be a yep. little bit familiar with. So we're going to hopefully discuss it and clarify it. Is that all right with you, Andy? Sounds good. I mean, like, hopefully this would be the one where, you know, it gives everybody some fundamental basics to yeah. tackle the f- future um, subsequent lectures that come Yeah, out. and there's been so much confusion ever since we've been learning about oncology, about the, what the various terms mean. So hopefully we can clarify that a little bit more in this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you want to maybe talk about what cancer is and what it means? Okay. Cancer is a disease that is caused by uncontrolled division of abnormal cells in a particular part yeah. of the body. So it's an uncontrolled division of the abnormal cells. Essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uncontrolled, unregulated division of um, cells that have become abnormal. We'll talk about why they might become abnormal mm. in, in a moment. So cancer, I guess, relates to gene changes, right? You've got to yep. have some of these unusual gene changes mm-hmm. that can then lead to these abnormal growth. So I guess in terms of what happens, the, the biggest thing that can cause gene changes is mutations. Yeah. Now, so, what, so what is that? Yeah. So mutations are when your gene and mm-hmm. some most mutations don't do anything, right? And some of them can be good because they okay. introduce diversity. But yeah. when you get a gene that can cause changes to the function of a protein, okay, yeah, that can might potentially be be a problem. So normally, what would happen is that when you develop these mutations, the the cell has mechanisms in place to correct them. But if those mechanisms start to fail, so let's say those genetic mutations actually affect the, the proteins that are important for repair and they stop from working, then you're going to start accumulating more and more mutations. That's true. And then suddenly you can lead to acquiring these massive mutations and transforming in a normal cell into a cancerous cell or a precancerous cell into a full-blown cancerous cell. Yes. So, Andy, um, when I was reading, and, and by the way, this is called the threshold effect, where you have some mutations and over time you accumulate more mutations and then something pushes it over so into it reaches cancer. a threshold and then becomes cancerous. Exactly. Mm. But I know that you can have a benign cancer and I know you can have yes. a malignant cancer. What's the difference between the two? Okay. There are lots of definitions of mm. like, you know, characteristics of a benign and malignant. We'll, we'll go through that. But the essential key point that you must know is that benign tumors do not metastasize. They do not spread and, I mean, they do not suddenly pop up in a different part of the body. Yeah, so that's a term. Metastasis. Metastasis, isn't it? Metastasis means the capacity of the cells, of cancer cells, to spread to other locations that are not localized within their tissue. Mm. It's also important to recognize that there's been a bit bit of confusion in our year level because benign lesions can still invade, so they can still burrow into your surrounding tissue, but Mm -hmm. they don't spread. And and apparently, uh, this is something that had to be clarified to me as well, was that benign tumors do not suddenly just switch and become a malignant tumor. So, yeah, benign tumors do not have the capacity and do not have the potential to metastasize, yeah. whereas malignant does. So they have the potential to invade, so damage surrounding tissue, but also yeah. spread into other... So let's say they're in that, the kidneys, they point. can go into the lungs, or let's say they're in the lungs, that so they can go into the brain. That's what metastasis is. They yes. just go to a different tissue. Yes. Now, let's briefly talk about the tumor nomenclature as well. So, yeah. it's really important because 
This was a bit confusing as well. So cancers, by definition, arise from epithelial cells. So that could be squamous cells, that could be uh, uh, columnar cells, all the different types of epithelial cells that you might okay. find in the body. Sure. I'm sure we'll go eventually and talk about histology in a, in a future podcast. Okay. But what that's what a cancer is. Yeah. And when it's benign, it ends with noma. So for example, adenoma, papilloma. Mm-hmm. When it's cancerous, it's called adenocarcinoma. So carcinoma denotes a cancer that has had it has metastasized and has the potential to metastasize what about cancers that arise from mesenchyme which is all your like connective tissues okay so a mesenchyme cancer if it's benign it will end with a um a, is it also just still with an oma yeah it's yeah. all yeah benign yeah, is always oma. ends with omas whereas the um, malignant ones they end in sarcoma so yeah. if you if you see something 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 sarcoma for example a liposarcoma you can tell that it's a mesenchymal um, cancer that is malignant. Yeah, and then obviously you can have cancers arising from lymphocytes, and that's lymphomas or leukemias. And if you're not sure what they are, have a listen to our massive hematology talk on oh, these. Yeah. Uh, and then you can also have um, uh, melanocytes as well. Melanocytes is an example uh, is an exception. So a, a term for a malignant type of melanocyte, so the the cells mm-hmm. that produce skin pigment, and we'll talk about these in the in the future, yeah. is melanoma. Now, don't be fooled. The oma in this case is an exception. Mm. These cells are highly metastatic. For some reason, they're just called melanoma. A benign form of melanocyte cancer is called a nevus. <laughs> it sounds nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the weirdest one out of all of them. Every all of them have a normal pattern yep. and then you come across to the melanocytes and they these guys just break the rule but remember melano uh, melanoma means a malignant cancer oh, the mel- so that don't be fooled by that omo part this okay. is the exception here so let's talk about some of the basic principles right mm-hmm. so you can have acquired mutations right okay so these mutations affect so let's say you have a bunch of cells and one of them develops a mutation right yeah so if this mu- if this cell starts dividing abnormally, as we mentioned, and yes. develops another mutation, so two hits, so okay. this is the two hit model again, which we kind of were exposed to in, in hematology, then they can transform and form cancer cells. Mm-hmm. But in the acquired type, mm-hmm. the cancer only affects those cell types. But there's also... I mean, the, the cell types that from that point stem on from develops that point into, on. Yeah? But you can have germ cells, one, can't you? Okay, yeah. And what's the issue with the germ cell ones? Well, the germ cell is essentially a, a cell that actually... Isn't that like something like a sperm or an egg, right? Yeah, but it's also, I guess, in this context, referring to stem cells. Okay, so stem cells become a lot of things. So yeah. if, there's, if, if that's the source of where the issue is, then everything that stems from the stem cell is going to be... Uh, we'll have mutated. that gene mutation. And then mm-hmm. suddenly... One yeah. of these unlucky cells then develops the second hit, yeah. and then they can progress as well. Mm. So germ cells, all your cells in your whole body will have this abnormal gene. Thankfully, bad. they're very rare, but yeah. you know they, they can, and then they develop second hit model. Whereas with the acquired or yeah. the somatic mutations, they only affect that cell, only the one cell, okay. as opposed to the every all their cells in the body. Mm. Um, so that's that's essentially the the really basics of it. Now, tell me about carcinogens because that term is bandied around. So carcinogens are things or agents that can cause damage to the DNA, which would lead to cancer growth. Yeah. yeah. So which would lead to mutations. Oh, risks which of might, cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And what are they? Do you need, so, do you need some examples? Yeah. It could be chemicals. Yeah. Um, it could be actually viruses. And can so, you exa- name me an example of a virus? Pop quiz. Put you on the spot. Oh man. Um, the one that causes the the cervical cancer. Uh, 
Human papillomavirus. Human papillomavirus. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I hate pop quizzes, man. <laughs> Sorry. But okay. Thank you for uh, can't be awesome saving, saving me. Though. It can't be awesome with sailing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. on the ball again. Okay. So what else? Can radiation do it as well? Yes. Radiation. Yeah. And so ionizing radiation especially. But it can be therapeutic as well. We'll talk about radiation oncology in the future, but mm-hmm. it might serve some role. All right. So let's talk about some of these genes that are always mentioned. That okay. I've never really fully understood. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I, d- I don't fully still understand it, but it's a start. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's an oncogene? Because that is mentioned all the time. So an oncogene is, and you might need to help me out here as well. Sure. So with the oncogene, from my understanding, is are, are genes that when they are mutated lead to, are, are highly leading to um, mm. cancer growth. Yeah. yeah. So the oncogenes just promote growth, right? Yeah. But imagine if you suddenly have a mutation that, Cause this gene to go completely unregulated. So, of course, it's going to lead to excessive growth. Mm. Um, can you name me, you know, some mechanisms by which these genes are important? There's a couple of key classes, I think. With the oncogenes, what essentially happens is that, so you've got growth factors. Receptors and things. Uh, yeah. Growth factor receptors, yep. signal transducers, and the cell cycle regulators. And these are particular areas where these oncogenes can can occur. Mm. Um, yep. So, the, the reason, rationale behind it is that Okay, so essentially for a, a cell to grow and divide, you need a growth factor, a factor that tells the cell, you know, hey, I would like you to divide. Yep. Then you need a receptor, a growth factor receptor to receive that growth factor. And yep. then uh, and then from that receptor, once it's stimulated, it will send signals down to the nucleus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need that signal. And then finally, at the nucleus, you need regulators to to open and switch on and say, hey, okay, it's okay for you now to divide and, you know, go through the cell cycle. Yeah. So anything that, so those are the four areas, growth factors, the growth factor receptors, the signal transducers, and cell cycle regulators. These are four areas yeah. where um, if you have a mutation in any of them, can potentially lead to a cell that grows abnormally or out wow. of control. Wow, Andy. You didn't need my help after all. That was amazing. Okay. So an example of, let's say, uh, yep. the growth factor signal would be platelet-derived growth factor. Okay, yeah. So these, this is especially important for um, astrocytomas. We'll talk about these mm-hmm. brain cancers in the future. Yeah. An example of a receptor that might be important for growth is HER2. Mm-hmm. That's important for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about that in, the, in another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, cell cycle regulators, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. An example would be cyclin, which is important for transition into, mm-hmm. uh, I think, the mitosis phase or uh, one of the phases, uh, I think. I, I don't remember. I so. can't remember the details. But then yep. you also have cyclin-dependent kinases as well mm-hmm. um now there's another important group of genes that are always mentioned in addition to oncogenes, so oncogenes promote yep. growth mm-hmm. but tumor suppressors the name kind of gives it away what do they do okay the tumor suppressors essentially are genes that control and regulate growth i think it's an unfortunate name in terms of it's not just suppressing tumors mainly but it, it has plays a, growth role, a, ver- it? a very universal role to control growth and when they are gone then tumors developing yeah yeah exactly there's two that are really important p53 Mm. which is called the gatekeeper what an auspicious name (laughs) the gatekeeper (laughs) watch out yeah and there's also um retino um blastoma gene as well yes so let's talk about p53 first yes Um, so i think that involves it controls the progression of cell from g g1 the initial growth phase to S phase, which is where the DNA replication occurs. Is that yes. your understanding? Yeah. So S phase is where the um, is the phase in the cell cycle where the DNA actually duplicates yeah. and makes a second copy. So 
this transition between a cell growing and going into a duplication phase is very important for a cell to not acquire any mutations. Mm. So this p53 gene is very it has two roles. One is to, you know, it double checks the the cell DNA and go, okay, you you might have missed a few things over here. I need you to go back and fix that up. So it upregulates yeah. repair DNA repair exactly. Instance, doesn't it? Or if it, it will also recognize a loss cause and go, okay, that's it. When Time for you to quits. Die. Yeah, we're going to shut down this whole cell and kill it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is the gatekeeper in in a in a way. It's the boss. Yeah. So so it controls that and basically does not let any bad DNA to pass through yeah. and go into the duplication phase. But things go wrong when p53 is mutated. Mm, and what, yeah, what, exactly. what happens? So there's a couple of things that happen. One, if it's mutated, then you don't get that sort of upregulation of repair enzymes. So yep. then nothing gets repaired. So there's risk of more mutations being acquired. Mm-hmm. But also what uh, p53 does is that it upregulates BACs, which is another <coughs> gene, uh, which is another gene product. Mm-hmm. And that disrupts BCL2. BCL2 will mention... Yep, later, later down, yep. but it's also we've mentioned in the past when uh, have listened to the lymphoma talks. Mm-hmm. So BCL2, what it does is that it normally stabilizes the mitochondrial membrane to prevent leakage of cytochrome C. Okay. Cytochrome C is a potent uh, signal for apoptosis. So yep. when P53 is not working, BACS isn't going to work. And so BCL2 is going to remain in the mitochondria and stabilize the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. So you don't get cytochrome C leakage. Mm-hmm. And so the cell doesn't get the most, one of the, its most potent signals for apoptosis. So the cells just don't die. Okay. Not only don't they die, they accumulate further mutations because these guys are constantly replicating. So that's what P53 mm-hmm. does. Tell me about retinoblastoma. Yeah, so retinoblastoma genes are also another key that regulates the progression from G1 to S phase. And essentially what retinoblastoma genes they do is that they hold on to this thing called an E2F transcription factor. The E2F is necessary, uh, when released, is necessary to uh, signal the cell to go into S phase. So yeah. let's say if the retinoblastoma gene is mutated, it doesn't hold on to this E2F. Yeah. The E2F is released uncontrollably, and then with the help of cyclin D and um, C- CDK4 complexes, it, the, the cell goes into S the S phase and just duplicates yeah, uncontrollably. Yeah. I actually, I think it becomes independent of cyclin D and cyclin oh, dependent. Yeah. Okay. So it just becomes complete. E2F just becomes out of control because cyclin D mm-hmm. and um, cy- cyclin dependent kinase actually phosphorylate retinoblastoma oh. to cause E2F to be I released. Bet. No, no, yeah. that's, that's okay. Yeah. And then, but when the cell, when, E2F is going to be autonomous anyway. These yep. guys don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, cyclin D is one of the important checkpoints in the cell yep. cell cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's one other key type of thing, and they're the regulators of apoptosis. Can you maybe mention one example? I think we've kind of alluded to it already. Yeah, so you mentioned the BCL2, mm. right? And, um, and you already mentioned that the BCL2 stabilizes the mitochondrial membrane and prevents a cytochrome C to leak out when yeah. the cytochrome C leaks out, the cell recognizes it as a signal to suicide. Because if your mitochondria are damaged, mm-hmm. then there's no point for the cell to go ahead. Where is it going to get the energy? True. So BCL2 makes sure that the mitochondrial membranes are are, are strong and fortified. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. It, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So we're, we're f- flying through this. This is. I was a bit bit scared about this topic. I thought it was going to be very challenging. It, it's still very challenging. Mm-hmm. So now that we kind of talk about some of the important genes, let's talk about some of the characteristics of invasive carcinomas because mm-hmm. that's really important. And I, guys, this is one of those things that can be examined. We've already had lots of questions, even though we haven't done really cancer about this sort of stuff mm-hmm. uh, in our previous exams. So what are some architectural abnormalities that you might come to expect with carcinomas? So in, in cancers in general, right? So let's say you've got uh, a carcinoma. You can, when you look at a cell, 
it's going to have uh, it's going to look different to mm. compared to a normal one. So you can have a look at either the architectural abnormalities or you could look at the cytological abnormalities. So architecturally wise, so when you look at a, a general um, histology, you're going to notice that the invasion has gone beyond the basement membrane. Yeah. So this we're talking about invasive carcinomas at the moment. You can notice that the architecture it just looks abnormal the, the compared general, to the surrounding tissue. The, yeah, it? the surrounding tissue, the whole arrangement of things, it just looks uh, looks different. Um, you can notice that the there's an aggressive infiltration of other surrounding su- structures or organs. You can probably see a perineural in, invasion, or also lymph. Uh, lymphatic or vascular inf- mm. uh, invasions. Because, yeah, yeah they obviously are trying to recruit more blood cell for their own selfish growth, and mm. that can then be recognized. Mm. And also they can go into the lymph nodes, for example, and start metastasizing through the lymph nodes. But on the other hand, so would you like to talk me through what cytologically on a cell, what describe to me yeah. what a invasive carcinoma or like a essentially a malignant cancer mm. could look like cytologically? Yeah. There's a couple of key things. Like mm-hmm. you said, the cell's are not going to look anything like their normal counterparts. They're going yep. to have abnormal say, uh, size. They're going to have abnormal sh- um, shape. Yep. That's called cellular um, pleomorphism. They can also have yep. abnormal nuclear size and nuclear shape. That makes sense because, you know, these cells are rapidly dividing and the mm. nucleus is so probably not, not fully nu- uniform. Eh? So, yeah, they're not. Yeah. So that's also called nuclear po- um, pleomorphism. Okay. Now, if your cells are rapidly dividing, you're going to have lots of DNA material. So those nucleus are going to be huge. So your oh, yeah. nuclear cytoplasmic ratio is going to be increased Mm -hmm. so it's going to be much more nucleus compared to cytoplasm Um, Mm -hmm. and also you might expect to see when you take a histology uh, slide or when you take a specimen cut and you look under the microscope you might actually see a lot of cells in the process of going through Mm -hmm. mitosis and they're called mitotic bodies Mm -hmm. and then you can also occasionally see tumor giant cells these cells are massive Mm -hmm. so that's some of the cytological i I think you might have missed out on the um, hyperchromatic nuclei oh i did yeah Yeah, the the very darkly pigmented nucleus also a sign of um exactly because those yeah because those cells are basophilic so when you do a h and e stand they're gonna Mm -hmm. be really blue yes yeah good point andy so what are the differences between we kind of mentioned this before but let's recap it of course benign and uh, malignant maybe Mm -hmm. go through benign so the characteristics we're going to list are a general rule of thumb. There's mm-hmm. always going to be exceptions, yeah. unfortunately, which is uh, also constantly reminded to us by, as well by lecturers. But rule, je- we're going to talk about general rule of thumb. Benign tumors usually are slow-growing, yeah. and um, they, are, they grow over long times and are stable. They usually stay localized or at the original site. They usually can be cured by surgical excisions. Yeah. But also they have, it's important to notice that they also have a potential to invade, but not metastasis. Absolutely right. What about malignant cells? So malignant cells, conversely, are very rapidly growing cells. Mm -hmm. Um, They can spread. So surgery, if you want to catch it, you got to catch it early. If it's spread, it's very hard to perform surgery on it. Mm -hmm. They also can reoccur because they're so rapidly dividing. The surgeon might not remove all the tissue and there might be a little bit of it remaining. So they can then rapidly recover. Mm -hmm. And most commonly, it's the metastatic type of, or malignant type of cells that cause patients to die, as okay. opposed to the benign. Benign, you know, you hmm. can. There's a better chance of cure. Okay. What are some of the microscopic differences, Andy? Okay. So, so looking at, under a microscope, what do we hmm. see? So under a microscope, benign cells they can be having a a pushing growth. I think that's just because they're so slow growing. They they generally push in. I think they just compress the tissue without necessarily invading. Mm. Okay, and then they can be uniform or uh, they can have a regular organized architecture mm. or a, a general appearance that you look at. Um, they can have a uniform cytology. So when we mentioned previously the cytological abnormalities, they although they're not specifically mm. malignant, 
but with benign cells, they look more normal yeah. than others. Um, they can have no or low level of mitosis, so you won't really catch one in the middle of dividing. And the vessels and nerves of the surrounding structure can look potentially normal. Mm-hmm. Um, malignant cells, on the other hand, would yeah, like to so they can be, as we mentioned, it's kind of kind of repeating itself, but this is really important. So they're invasive; they can destroy surrounding tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, the the irregular, abnormal structures that don't mimic any of the surrounding normal architecture—they're just different. Mm-hmm. You can have lots of mitosis. Yeah, um, you can have lymphatic and vascular invasion as mm-hmm. well. So they're really key points to, to bear in mind um, with, with these sort of cells what about like the macroscopic appearances what do you tend to see in a benign um, carcinoma okay so when we're talking about sorry not the, benign carcinoma that doesn't make sense just the benign <laughs> growth yeah. Uh, yeah let's say a benign uh, a tumor that we've excised like an right? adenoma or something yeah Okay, so in a benign one, they could be either well circumscribed or, you know, so they've got like a, um, a well looking water, mm. the, the surrounding, it, it looks uniform, I guess. Yeah. And then it can be, have a smooth or uniform surface, yeah. although they could have a variable texture. What about it in a malignant cell? So malignant, as uh, we mentioned, so, malignant tumor, malignant tumors, yeah, cancer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the that. terminology. Um, they can have, like we mentioned, ill-defined borders. They can be extremely invasive. They may may have hemorrhagic core because these cells are growing so rapidly. They can't produce adequate blood supply, so they can. The cell in the middle mm-hmm. may either start necrosing, mm-hmm. or the poorly blood for uh, vessels are so bad at what they do that mm-hmm. they just hemorrhage. So mm-hmm. there's lots of uh, bleeding and things like that. Yeah. They can be really hard and really firm as well. Although I'm, I'm sure that probably varies from tumor yeah. to tumor. But the whole point is that one is more ordered. The other one, malignant, is f- completely disordered and very mm. abnormally looking. Yeah. So let's move on to um, staging and grading. We're, guys, we're going to mention staging. In a, we're going to dedicate a whole separate podcast to this. But let's briefly mention for completeness. Staging is one way that I guess governing bodies come up with a way for us to assess the extent of a spread or, um, or anatomical spreads yep. in a systematic way. So if a guy in uh, an oncologist in the U S talks to an oncologist, let's say in Sweden, mm. they can un- talk about the same thing and know what exactly they're talking about. Mm. Um, One important thing with the, when they come up with the staging or the criteria of staging is that a staging also has to have an important prognostic yeah, factor. Important. So a higher stage also means a worse prognosis. Yes. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So we talked about staging now, Andy. How about we talk about grading as well? Because they're slightly different things, aren't they? Mm, exactly. So if the grade looks at, uh, if the stage looks at the spread, the grade looks at the aggressiveness of the tumor. Yeah. So in other words, what we do is that we look at the cell and see whether if um, it's well or poorly differentiated. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain what differentiated means? Yeah. So it's how well does it resemble the tissue that it may be coming from? So you can have really poorly differentiated, mm-hmm. so that often indicates perhaps a low-grade cancer, it can be really badly differentiated. Mm-hmm. So if it's well-differentiated, it looks like it's original tissue. If it's poorly differentiated, it looks like mm-hmm. something completely else or they can't recognize it. So that's yep. a high-grade um, tumor. So a high-grade tumor is something that's poorly differentiated. Yeah, exactly okay. right. And then you all have to also look at the architectural patterns that we mentioned, the degree okay. of nuclear atypia. So how abnormal does the nucleus look? How okay. much pleomorphism is there? Sure. Um, its capacity to proliferate and also the presence of necrosis as well. Because yeah. that suggests that the cells are rapidly dividing and they can't get enough uh, nutrition. Is that your understanding of yeah. grading as well? Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward. So yep. let's talk about some of the key definitions before we finish off, I think. There's okay. some important definitions that we need to be familiar with. Okay, let's do it. So Andy, what is a tumor? So the term tumor 
doesn't necessarily mean cancer, right? Yeah. So a tumor can actually, oh, the the definition or the medical terminology of a tumor means a swelling uh, or a lesion a or lesion something or a growth. So some, so just an un- uh, actually doesn't even have to be uncontrolled cell growth. No, it just means just a growth a, a of mass. some sort. And like to my before I started medicine, I thought tumor always meant cancer, cancer but it yeah. doesn't. It means lots mm. of. It just means a growth. Yeah. Um, what does anaplasia mean? That's an important key word for us to be familiar with. So anaplasia means it's a it's a loss of the structural and functional differentiation of of yeah. normal cells. Yeah. So a so, uh, cell that is poorly differentiated is probably you know is on its way to becoming anaplastic. Anaplastic means that you can't. It gets to a point where you just don't know what cell type it's um, coming from. And what's dysplasia? That's a really important one as well. So the dysplasia refers to a cell that is uh, it is a neoplastic process. In, in an epithelial cell that can have, I think from my understanding was that mm. it was more of a pre-malignant sort of, of a process that yes. could possibly be reversed back into the normal one. But yeah. do you have a better explanation? So yeah, so it's a clonal neoplastic process in epithelial cells. Um, mm-hmm. So these cells have mutations driving unregulated growth mm-hmm. um, and they can have architectural and maturational as well as cytological abnormalities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are not cancerous yet. They're still limited by the basement membrane, but these this dysplasia can lead to malignant cells, mm-hmm. unlike dysplasia leading to um, benign tumors, for yeah. example. Yeah. And then there's paraneoplastic syndromes as well. Do you want to maybe mention that? Uh, so with the paraneoplastic syndromes, I might need you to help me out with that yeah. one. So paraneoplastic syndrome, some tumors can produce um, different hormones or different uh, antibodies and things like that, mm-hmm. and they can have lead to these effects. And the effects that these tumors have as a result of their activities is sometimes referred to as paraneoplastic. Okay. So that's what it is um, uh, in, in a very simple so like, it's, form. So it's, it. it's basically like we can talk about like clinical features or effects that the person develops yeah. because of a cancer. Exactly. Because some, mm-hmm. uh, let's say some tumors start producing lots of hormones yep. and these hormones can then have abnormal consequences. Let's say the adrenal tumors can produce lots of adrenal hormones. Yeah. Um, like fear uh, chromocytoma. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That the adrenal gland tumor yeah. can do that. Mm. For example, that's what paraneoplastic means. Okay. What's desmoplasia? So desmoplasia usually refers to, I, from my understanding, is a, is the change in the surrounding tissue mm. from from the cancer. So it's t- typically called the desmoplastic stroma. The stroma refers to the surrounding, um, the supporting tissue. Yeah. And so what happens is usually the cancer cell would secrete these different cytokines and hormones yeah. would induce the normal cells surrounding to to change its architecture a bit. Yeah, exactly. So either support it or enable it to further grow. Mm. Um, so yeah, and you can develop fibrosis as well. So is it uh, a typical response only in malignant cells or malignant um, tumors? I think so. I think it's mm. commonly seen in malignant okay. tumor cells. Um, yep. Now, let's finish up by talking about metaplasia. I think metaplasia is very important to differentiate between um, the cancerous processes Mm. because metaplasia usually refers to the process of a cell body type changing from one type to To another type in adaption to stress. And one of the typical ones is Barrett's esophagus because the... The, the cells are bombarded by this acidic environment it's not used to. So it will change to a columnar cell type. From a squamous yeah. cell type. Yeah. Although these, uh, the metaplasia itself has a higher chance to um, lead to the cells to become uh, cancerous. But the process itself from changing from one to another mm. is a normal adaption. Yeah. 
Absolutely to external right. stress. Exactly. So let's finish off by defining one more definition. So we mentioned that tumors are abnormal growth, and you can have neoplastics or cancerous. Yeah. And cancers can be benign or malignant. Yes. And you can have non-neoplastic as well. Yeah. Type of tumors, because you know non-neoplastic, you can have non-neoplastic growth. What are some examples of those? Okay. How about I name one and you name one? Sure. Sounds okay. good. So I will start off with infections. Yeah, that's yeah. Infections can lead to, I, I guess, like abscesses. And yeah, that could lead to a tumor. Yeah, exactly. Inflammation can lead to swelling as well. So mm. when you bruise your ankles, you're going to swell. It doesn't mean yep. you have a tumor. You just have a True. swelling. Oh, um, it doesn't mean you have a neoplasm. Yeah, yeah, actually, but it's a tumor. Yeah, um, you can have like deposits. I've, I'm thinking probably amyloid or maybe some yep. other protein. De- or z- xanthelmintoid, like cholesterol deposits ah, in the skin. Yeah, that's true. Lots that's, of top, different yeah. types of. Mm-hmm. You can have hematomas, and you can have what are. are can you name me some examples of maybe congenital ones? As well? uh, congenital tumors. Or congenital growth. Uh, I can't what think of any. I don't know, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I we, can't think. We should probably f- find out. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's it. So just to finish it off, we <laughs> mentioned on that. A low note. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> actually, what sorry. a downer. Um, so you can have tumors. And yes. tumors can be neoplastic, so cancerous. Mm-hmm. In terms of neoplastic, you can have yeah. benign and malignant types, and then you can also have tumors can also be non-neoplastic, and you yeah. have lots of different causes: infection, mm-hmm. inflammation, deposit, hematomas, as well as congenital mm. um, swellings as well. Um, so that's it for an introduction to oncology. We hope you find it useful. Mm-hmm. If you have any suggestions or feedback, let us know. Do you have anything else before we? Well, if the audience can, you know, if they know a congenital tumor and want to flaunt it in our faces, feel free to uh, post it up and absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, it should be congenital non-neoplastic tumors. Yes, that's true. Let's make the criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright guys, thank you so much um, for tuning in and we'll catch you in our next episode. Okay, thank Bye. you. Guys.